All right, y'all. Check this out. It's your boy back again. Welcome to yet another episode of the Black Wealth on a Guy podcast. I'm your host, Joe Brumfield, a.k.a. King Breeze. This is episode number 42. This week, we actually have a very special guest, Miss Janelle Champion, on the episode with us. We're talking about her book, Path to Prosperity. And there is actually... Possibly video, <laughs> a video side of this episode, and I am going to work on that. I have it, I have it recorded, so we'll see. We will see what happens, but the intent, by all means, is to have the video part of this podcast put out on, uh, on the YouTubes as well. So... Uh, with that being said, man, just to talk a little bit about Janelle, um, she is an author, a speaker, a, a destiny leader, as her website would tell you. She is, for me at least, a very inspirational figure because this is probably the first time I'm speaking to somebody that is active in the space that I that I hope to be active in going forward, right? And we actually share some of the thoughts and the same thoughts and ideas in terms of where we want to take this thing long term. So this was a very inspirational episode for me. It was very encouraging to see somebody of a somewhat similar background operating in this space successfully and actually launching her own book. So, uh, which is another thing that I, I would like to do at some point in the future as well. So, again, uh, super inspirational. But I want to go ahead and hop right into the scripture for this week because I don't want to spend too much time here in the front. So, we're going to jump right into it. It is Psalms 128 verse 2 from the English Standard Version. It says, you shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed and it shall be well with you. So, again, we are touching on her book, Path to Prosperity. And she talks about how she was hesitant to give it that that last part, right, to prosperity. Because there are a lot of prosperity teaching uh, teachings going on out there in the world, especially from the uh, from the Christian community. So she was hesitant. But what we also talked about was the action part that's necessary. Yes, God wants us to be prosperous, but there is a, an action part, right, that is heavily involved in us accessing what it is that God has stored for us. So we, we talk a little bit about that. We talk about just being an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur and weaving your your faith and integrating that, that concept and that idea into whatever it is that you're trying to do as an entrepreneur. So um, we talked a little bit about that. We, we touch on a few different things, man. Um, just imposter syndrome. Yeah, we talk on a couple of things, and I think it, it's all great. And so for those of us who are just starting out, I think this is this will be inspirational for you. For those who are already in it, I think it's just a, a another point of point of reference, right, for, for continuing to get better, 
Uh, or she may be a contact that you can reach out to if you're trying to continue to expand your business. So with that being said, man, again, I don't want to spend too much of your time right here in this section of the episode. So we're going to dive right into it. And yes, I know the audio and the video may have different intros and different conclusions. Look, I'm just not very good at this yet. Anyway, we're going to get right into it. Hey, <laughs> Black Wealth and the God family, y'all know how we do, man. In Jesus' name, let's get it. Yeah, yeah. So I am actually going to try to see if I can edit myself. If I can, great. If not, I'm going to try to see if I can get somebody that I know to edit it for me. Uh, and if that doesn't work out too great, if I don't like how it looks, I'll probably just stick with audio. So thank you for being prepared. Uh, <laughs> either way. So, but I'll definitely let you know so you can, you know, have the links and all that good stuff as well. Okay. But. But yeah, so I mean, just kind of, you know, jumping, jumping right into and everything. Um, so I know that you said you were an accountant. Mm -hmm. So just in terms of the path, right, if you could kind of lay that out, you know, your career and what's kind of led you to this point, that would be great. Just kind of as an introduction to, to those out there who may or may not be, be familiar with you at this point. OK, yeah, sure. So my name is Janelle Champion and I started because I went to Bentley University and I got my accounting degree. And then from there, um, I started working in accounting for several years and I did it. I just dived right in. Um, I loved it. Then I moved into financial analysis and my career went really well. Like I just, I was moving up, I was getting promotions and um, it's like when I wasn't expecting them, I was just, you know, working. I love to work. So I was mm -hmm. committed. I was the person that, would, you know, I'm taking on the projects that nobody else wants I'm just doing stuff. I'm always improving things, always changing things. And, you know, people were just recognizing that. And so I, my career moved up much, much more quickly than I was even expecting. Um, and God just blessed me in that area. But then, you know, I always knew that I wanted to have my own company, but okay. I just always struggled feeling like I struggled with inferiority a lot. So like even in mm. corporate America, I feel like, sure. um, you know, I'm a black girl. I come from the Caribbean. I come from poverty. You know, my generation is, you know, we're the first to graduate from college. I don't, you know, have parents that are highly successful. And I'm here, I'm surrounded by all these people that are, you know, their parents are successful. They have successful, successful backgrounds. So I just feel like I didn't fit in. And I always struggled with feeling like, I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. Um, and so I always wanted to have my own business. And God actually told me to start my own business a long time ago. And I was disobedient because mm -hmm. I was so afraid. I felt like, like, I'm just not good enough. Like, who's going to hire me? Who's going to want to work with me? You know, I, this, I just saw myself as just being less than all the people that I was surrounded by, especially, you know, when you work in corporate America and you don't see that many people that look like you. Definitely. You don't see that many people who come from your background. Like everyone I was around, their parents were so successful. And I was like, you know, my parents don't have that story. Like, my mom is trying to get her associate's degree right now. You know, my family isn't at that level. And so I just felt like, who are you to think you could be in this space, you know? Uh, but that was sure. just you know, my own inferiority playing on my head. So, you know, finally, I just stepped out because I just felt like I wasn't having a huge impact. I was working, helping, I always say, the big guys at the top, helping them look good, helping them succeed and do well. I just felt like, 
you know, like, who am I really serving? Who am I really helping? Mm-hmm. So I figured I could use the things I've learned. You know, I have my MBA from Bentley University. I have lots of experience. I've worked with executives all around the world. I've worked with people around the world. I can use that to actually do something that would be more meaningful. And so I started working, helping small companies, um, small business owners and mid-sized business owners, helping them to see how you can grow your business. Like you don't have to stay stuck in a certain revenue stream. You can actually double your revenue and it's really not that hard. And I can show you strategies that I've learned over the years that works and it's pretty simple. And so I I found a mentor that just helped me get over that fear um, by, you know, helping to boost my confidence. And I was able to just step out and just do that. And so that's, that's how I am where I am today. Sure, sure. So a, a couple of things that I wanted to, to touch on there. So you mentioned that inferiority complex. And I think a lot of us kind of deal with that, right? Whether yeah. that be not having the background or, or being out in a situation where we're one of uh, you know, not that many, right? right we don't yeah. see many, many familiar faces, right? So how is that? How did you overcome that, right? How did you get to the point where you were able to kind of step out on faith and say, okay, I'm going to do this, right? Because you've mentioned not have, getting the message before, but not having actually followed through on it, right? So what was that, that moment or what kind of those culminating events to lead you to actually taking that step? There is a few things. So I, the first thing that I got was a saying, do it afraid. Mm, so I started good. practicing that. Do it afraid. Yes, you feel scared and you feel afraid, but just do it anyhow. Like, don't let the fear stop you. And then what I learned just in my, just my time with God in my prayer time, I started to realize that everything that I've been afraid of, when I do it afraid, it ends up being amazing. It ends up being great. I end up loving it. And then I look back like, why in the world was I afraid to step out? And so I realized that the way the enemy works and science says it's our brain that works that way. Right, right. But I'm going to say it's the enemy. The way the enemy works is that the very thing you need to do to succeed is the thing that you're afraid of. Mm -hmm. The very thing that you need to do, the steps that you need to take to get to that place that you need to be, to walk in destiny, to walk in purpose, to build you know, financial prosperity. The very things you need to do, those are the things that you're going to be afraid of because that's going to stop you from actually stepping out and doing what you're supposed to do. So do it afraid is that I still say that to myself. Just do it afraid. Little things every day can creep up and you start to feel like, Ugh, should I really do that? Like, do I want to do that? But wait, is that going to help me move forward? Right. If there's a slight chance it might help me move forward, who cares? Do it afraid and just go forward with it anyhow. No, that's great. I mean, I, I think just even in my personal experience with with just taking this this step uh, was like, I don't like hearing my voice. Right. So I, I couldn't imagine other people would like hearing my voice. I think you have a great voice. <laughs> and the funny the funny thing is, is that you saying that my friends, they've said a similar thing. Even when I was taking calls as a stockbroker, people would always say, you know, I love your voice. It, it was like it was almost like reinforcement. 
in yeah. preparation for for something that I hadn't even seen coming yet because I, I never saw myself having a podcast or anything like that. So um, I, I guess that that was it for me. But for you specifically, right? Was there was there any one thing or things that you felt like you had to overcome? Um, and just in terms of that that complex, was it just not believing in yourself, you know what I mean? Something along those lines. Yeah. Um, I felt in terms of starting my own business, I felt I kept having my, this recurring message in my head that says, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know mm. what you're doing. And, and mm. that's, you know, I later learned that's imposter syndrome that many people, you know, suffer with. Even oh, some yeah. of the greatest, like, you know, CEOs of Fortune 100 companies, every day they come to their office, they have that voice that says, you don't know what you're doing. You're going to mess up. You're going to fail. And that's what I was dealing with, not knowing what it was. Right. I just kept feeling like you don't know what you're doing. Like, who's going to hire you? Like, you're going to screw up these people's businesses. Like, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> right. But then it's just that that doing it afraid, that stepping out as children of God. We have a promise from God that he's always with us. So it's just mm-hmm. believing that, okay, I may not know everything and I don't have to. I will do the best that I can do. And, you know, God will always help me. He will help me along the way. And that's just been huge using my faith to say, you know, I can trust in God. I'm not going to be lazy and slack off. I'm going to do my absolute best. But wherever I fall short, I can trust in God that he will help me along the way. That's big, right? Because when you're stepping out on faith, right, it takes it takes an extra push from something that isn't you, especially yeah. when you don't have the confidence, you don't have the, the belief in your own abilities. You kind of find yourself questioning various things, right? For me, it's my voice or not knowing anything about the podcast landscape or anything like that. Or, you know, even when I stepped into being a stockbroker, having no experience in the financial world, right? So there's a, a lot of those different things, but if you step out on faith and if you take that step forward, you'll find that God sort of gives you that extra, you know, whatever it is that you need. Um, and so that's been the beautiful thing for, for this journey uh, that I've taken. It sounds like you've had a very similar experience as God just caught, he sort of orders our steps, right? Like the yeah. word says, and just gives us that, that extra push uh, to, to get wherever it is that he's trying to push us. And so, with faith in mind, right? What are some challenges that you have come up against in this journey, right? Because there, there are people out there who in, try to incorporate their faith here and there, right? Yeah. But to have a business and uh, to launch an entrepreneurial endeavor that is so tightly tied to your faith, have you ran into any challenges in that, in that journey? I would say like, if I think back even into my career, so the question is on challenges concerning my faith and career. Yeah. Just sort of integrating, right. Your faith and your career and your entrepreneurial endeavors, just trying to make that all mesh. And, you know, with, cause sometimes people look, cause this is something I struggle with, with having financial conversations and having a lot of financial conversations. How can I, push this to continue to integrate my faith on a, you know, on a daily day-to-day basis. And so that's been a a difficulty just in terms of thinking through it, right? It's it's not something that I may have to necessarily force, you know what I mean? But it is something that I have to stay aware of when I'm 
referencing, you know, certain certain things or certain topics, right? I have to not touch on certain things or be sure that I, I hold myself to a certain standard while I'm recording and who I'm dealing with. You know what I mean? So those are just kind of some of the things that I, I think that uh, can be challenges when I'm trying to operate in the, the entrepreneurial space. Yeah. So I think um, when I started off in my career, the difficult part was just showing that I am a Christian to begin with. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of Christians struggle with that because we feel like the outsider and we feel a little strange. And so, you know, it's like the classic, your phone rings and it's like a worship song. You like quickly like, Oh, let me turn that off. You know, yeah. and, that. and yeah. I just had to learn to that, you know, God is, he's in every part of my life and I can't, he's not a switch. I don't want to turn him on and turn him off. Mm-hmm. And so I have to learn that scripture that says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to all that believe. There was a period of time where I just kept saying that to myself, that I'm not going to be ashamed of, of God. And I'm if, if you know, I'm not shining light, right? If the light isn't shining, then that's when darkness can operate. Right. Light is shining. Darkness can't operate. And so, you know, the, the enemy would want for the, the Christians in the world to hide their lights. Because once light is hidden, darkness can have its way. Once light begins to shine, darkness has no choice but to push back and to, you know, step out of territories. And so it's just learning that, understanding that. <clears throat> but that was a challenge for me, just being a Christian, just being myself and just, you know, saying, you know, I can't work late on Wednesday night because I, I'm going to Bible study and that's my life. I'm not mm-hmm. in church to stay in. I just setting those boundaries and when I did that I realized people respect you for that people right. that. I've had you know managers call me up and say I know you're getting ready to go to church I just wanted to run this by you and maybe we can catch up on it you know in the morning they start to respect you because you've set those boundaries um those boundaries for your life and then I've ran into like ethical is- issues as well mm-hmm. you know being asked to do things <clears throat> excuse me that you know you you just your conscience it doesn't sit well with you and having that courage to speak up I struggle a lot with the courage to speak up um I it's, it's just not something that I was ever good at I used to be like the doormat kind of girl that that's who I used to be the yes to everyone person and so mm-hmm. I had to learn over time to speak up and you know not to be taken advantage of not to allow myself to be put in situations that I'm not comfortable with for sure for sure no I I understand. Yeah. Looking at things from an investing standpoint, you know, just kind of having that be in my background is like you find yourself looking at investments like, okay, what is this company about? Right. Mm -hmm. What are they doing behind the scenes? What's the CEO about? You know, all these different items that can kind of come into play and it, it can make it a little difficult sometimes to navigate and make sure that you're that you're keeping your faith first in in each and every scenario right for me with this podcast thing it was just sort of this i because when i started I'll, I'll give you a little bit of the backstory i actually did a movie podcast before i before i did this and it's just something i did like as a fun thing because i said i wanted yeah. to do a podcast but as i kept going there was this sort of lack of fulfillment you know that was that was coming there and one thing that i always said that i wanted to do in terms of being an entrepreneur was i always wanted to honor god with whatever it was that i was doing and in that 
I was really struggling to figure out how to integrate those two things without it being awkward, you know, for lack of a better term. And um, so I just stopped. You know what I mean? And people liked it. People still ask me about it to this day. But um, as I continued exploring this, when I when I eventually came to this, it was something that that just flowed so seamlessly. Right. I was able to like one one thing that I do in the the introductory part of the the podcast. Is I have a scripture that I read and I try to make sure that the, the rest of the episode sort of flows off of this idea of, you know, whatever that scripture might be. Yeah. Right. So, you know, and sometimes it's it's directly linked. Sometimes it's just something that I might have been reading that day that might have really stuck with me. You know, sometimes it might be something else, some from a devotional or something else. But I can always find a way to to put my faith first. Right. And so one one idea that I, I sort of put in practice myself is that with that idea of tithing, Right. When you your first, you know, your 10 percent. Right. Whatever your first fruits that you get, you you give that back to God. So in my head, the same thing with business. Right. Whether that be monetarily or just effort or, you know, whatever it is, give that that first part. So like my introductory uh, part of the podcast, I always give that portion to God uh, so that hopefully this episode can be a, a, you know, a good episode and I put my best foot forward in that way. So it's a, it, it's been an interesting integration uh, of my faith in this financial space that, I, you know, I've been trying to operate in. But aside from that, you know, touching on the the idea of tithe, right? So, uh, and we talked a little bit about this in, in our uh, sort of the, our first call that we, that we uh, were talking and just that idea about the limits that you tend to run into in church, right? Where the conversation as it pertains to finance is just tithes. Yes. Right. So was that something that inspired you? Uh, I know they inspired, inspired me to kind of take this route that I'm taking, but is that something also that, that inspired you to, to step out there and yes. continue to shed light? Oh, yes, absolutely. Let me just grab a copy of my book here. I'm not sure if you can see that. I can't see my camera completely. Yeah, there we go. There we go. We can see it now. This is it. Path yes. to Prosperity. And it is discovering biblical secrets to build wealth and prosperity. And the reason why I wrote this book is because of what you just said, mm-hmm. that in the church we're taught to you just tithe, you give, and you will get back. Give, and it will come back to you. And that's that's true. It's scripture. You know, we're taught to confess. I grew up under the name it, claim it. I'm not sure. Have you ever heard of that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, you name it, you claim it. And we're all in church. We're shouting like, yes, I'm going to get a new car. How yeah. <laughs> well, the car never showed up, right? Yep, yep. It doesn't, it just doesn't work that way. Right, not at all. I learned that through frustration, years crying out to God, like, God, you promised me this. You promised me that. I have been praying for this. I've been tithing. I've been giving. I've been doing all these things. I've been confessing. I've been faithful. Lord, like, you're not answering. You're not keeping your promise. I was like, oh, like, what is going on here? And then finally, God spoke to me. And he said to me, I'm waiting on you. And I said, what are you waiting on me for? Mm -hmm. Like, 
I've, I've done everything I'm supposed to do. And he said, no. And then the Lord brought me all the way back to that business idea. He said, I gave you that business idea. That was your path to prosperity and you didn't do it. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize it worked that way. I didn't realize I had a role to play. I just thought I had to pray, tithe, confess, jump up and down in church. Like, yes, it's mine in Jesus name. And that was it. Mm-hmm. And so God said, no, inside all of us, God has placed a gift. I call it a seed. And I talk about this in the book yeah. within all of us from the time we were born. There is a seed that is inside of us. And in that seed, it contains our destiny. It contains our purpose. Every person on earth is here to solve a problem. No one is an accident. Whether your parents knew you were coming or not, you are not an accident. Like God planted every person on earth as a solution to a problem. Now, the the issue is we go through life and we do what I call the herd. We just follow the herd. We, you know get a job, we work a job, maybe we love it, maybe we don't, you know, eventually we retire and, you know, we die and that's it. We just Mm -hmm. follow this pattern that has been set up and that's not what God wants. God wants us to discover that seed that is inside of us. Who are we and why are we here? And when we find that, that actually leads us to prosperity. It leads us to many things. It leads us to our ministry. It leads us to how we're supposed to serve humanity, but it leads us to prosperity. There's some gift that we have that we have to use. So we need to utilize. There's like these two sets of principles. You have the spiritual principles, give, and it will come back to you. That's a promise of God. It will come back to you. Cast your bread upon the water. And in many days, it will return to you. That's a promise. But then there are also the natural laws, natural principles that we have to follow. One of the best ways to build wealth is to start a business and to invest. If you're not doing those things, it's going to be pretty hard for God to just give you wealth. Where is it coming from? Like we literally sit around as Christians and I've done this and we just wait like a million dollars to show up in my bank account. I I believe God for it. How are you going to explain that to the IRS? Yeah, right. You know, how are you going to explain that? They're going to think you're doing something illegal. God's not trying to get you in trouble. Now, I do believe in miracle money. There are times when you'll get a check in the mail. Money will appear in your bank. I've had money appear in my bank account. That does happen. But that's not God's way to sustain you. That's just, it's a miracle. Miracles are supposed to be, you know, rare events in in the life of a believer. We have to live on wisdom. And we have to follow wisdom. There's a wisdom that brings wealth. And the Bible tells us this. I give you the wisdom to build wealth. And so we have to follow that wisdom in addition to tithing, giving, all of those things, confessing, believing. Then we also follow the wisdom. Start a business. Mm -hmm. Start investing. Do those things. If you want to have a career, you know, be the best at your job. Like be the first one in, the last one out. Like take on the projects no one else wants to do. You know, get smart, learn everything, learn the ins and outs of the work that you're doing. Show up prepared for every meeting, impress people around you. And then when they need to, you know, when they're thinking of a promotion, you're going to be the logical choice because you're doing all the natural things. But then you're also doing the spiritual things, the tithing, the giving. You're walking with God. So he's going to put his favor on you. So then you become the logical choice for promotions, for raises and so on. So we have to do our part as well. And that's where the church has failed us. They don't teach us this stuff. And so that's why I'm like, I got to write this book. Because we yeah. 
educate believers how to get their wealth. I can go on and on about this. So I'm going to just say, no, 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 I love it. I love it. I mean, hey, that that is exactly the same idea, right? That brought me to this place. And having people like you on this podcast is is, is great because a lot of times uh, the people that I talk to are from different walks of, you know, different entrepreneurial endeavors that they're taking on. And so speaking to somebody that kind of operates in the same background, uh, you know, to some extent that I have is, is different. You're actually the first person I think that I've brought on that actually is also in finance. So <laughs> this is something that that's uh, that's been great for me, you know, hearing you, it, I can hear so much of the same thoughts, you know, that I've, that I've had in the past that I'm having now. Right. And for you to be somebody that's, uh, you know, further in the journey, I, I told you, I was thinking about, you know, doing a book of my own. Uh, so that's inspiration in and of itself, just seeing that you've been able to make that transition from, you know, corporate to being an entrepreneur and, and having your own book and having your own business, you know, it's a, it's really inspiring. So, uh, you know, I usually do this at the end, but I want to go ahead and, and just say thank you because I am very, very grateful for you, you know, reaching out and, and coming on and everything. Cause this is it's been really cool just hearing you talk and hearing a little bit about your journey. But I want to give like I said, I usually do that at the end, but I was just so appreciative. I had to go ahead and get it off my chest. So it's um, my honor to be here. So thank you. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. The honor is mine, but um yeah, so though getting getting back into the book, how long do you think it took you to go from nothing to the point of having the book published? Hmm. <clears throat> well, I I took about two years or so to work on the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, here's the thing: when God first instructed me to write the book, I did not want to do it. Sure, sure, sure. Because the name is Path to prosperity. That's a word that a lot of Christians don't like. That yeah. prosperity word. Well, some Christians. And then they're going to be like, oh, you know, you're these prosperity people, they're all about money. And I was like, I don't want to be associated with that. Like, I love Jesus. And I want people to know me for my love for God and for my obedience to his word. And I don't want to be in that group. So I struggled for a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then God really pressed on my heart. He's like, you know, are you going to let that stop you from helping people that actually need help? And God began to, God showed me a few visions and dreams, but he began to show me how wealth has been pouring out over the last few years. There's been like an open heaven in terms of wealth, but many Christians are missing out on it because Mm -hmm. we don't have the right strategies. Mm -hmm. And so we really need Christians to be equipped in the financial area so that we can really dominate. God tells us to dominate. Dominion is not something that just happens. Okay, no one can like pray for you to dominate. You have to follow strategies to dominate in anything that you are doing. And so if we have to follow the dominion strategy, we have to understand prosperity. You can't dominate without prospering. Yeah, for sure. And I think that that goes back to that old idea of faith and action, right? Mm -hmm. Faith without works is void. You know what I mean? So it's, it's one of those things where you talked about how people will will find ourselves sitting around praying, 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 believing that mm-hmm. God is going to do something. But what we often forget is what are we doing? 
you know, what work are we putting in to get ourselves into that 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 lane of prosperity? And I, I think that's something that is it's it's so important for people like you and myself to to really try and help as much as we can, right? To equip the Christian community, especially the Black Christian community, uh, because so much of that information we have just not had you know, over the course of years and years and years, especially in America, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously this being uh, Black History Month, you know, that's a, a, you know, a great thing to focus on as well. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, we don't want to just sit around and wait, right? We have to, we have to take some sort of action step. You know, for me, it's one thing, for you, it's another, and for somebody else, it's going to be something else entirely. Uh, But like you talked about that seed that's in each and every one of us, it's important for us to tap in to that seed and try to figure out what that is for us individually. Because one thing I talk about a lot, one thing I struggled with was uh, finding a niche, Right. There's a lot of people talking finance out there if you go to social media or, you know, wherever. But there's not many people that you're going to see that that are doing it exactly, you know, the way that I'm going to do it. Right. So, again, there's a seed in every every one of us and we all have to figure out how we're going to evolve to to reach, you know, whatever lane or vision that God has for us. And so. For, for you, was it difficult finding whatever that is? Because for some people, it can be very difficult to say to sit down and say, OK, this is the direction that I'm going to go. Was that something that was a struggle for you? Very, very difficult. It took me years and I don't even know that I quite have it all figured out yet. Sure, sure. It, it took me years. And that's one of the things that, you know, held me back from starting my business. And in in reality, it was a it was a tactic of fear to stop me. Mm-hmm. But I kept struggling with, well, what do I want to focus on? What do I want to do? What, which direction do I want to go in? And all along, God was like, just start, just get started. And I was yeah. like, oh, I don't know, you know, where to go with niche. And it's, it, it was, it took a long time. It took many years for me to finally sort of land somewhere. Even when I first started my business, I was in everything. I was just, <laughs> I wanted to do everything for everyone. Mm-hmm. And of course that's, you know, that's a method to just drown, right? You're not going to succeed trying to be everything for everyone. Right. And so it wasn't until that I found my mentor that I currently have who came and said, here's, here's a focus. You know, why don't you focus on helping companies grow their revenue? Very simple. Like you're trying to, you know, do increased revenue here. You're trying to do this over here, that over there. You're doing so many things. You have all these strengths, but just focus on this one thing because there are great tools that you already have. It's, it, it, I just kind of have to get that guidance from someone. And so our network is really important. Mm-hmm. The Bible says you are known by the company you keep. Yes. So the people you hang around are going to shape who you become. So you should always try to be around people that are even you know higher than where you are because they're going to help pull you to that place that you're trying to get to. So yeah, I definitely struggle to, you know, even in ministry, like I struggle to find like, what do I focus on? Because I love every book of the Bible, Genesis through, I can teach on everything, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know, do I want to just focus on helping Christians, you know, with their finances? I know that that's, that's a strength of mine. Do I want to disciple people? Do I, I, I just, I like it all. So it's very difficult to find that niche, but really 
when you're getting started, my advice to people is one is there's always something that's tugging on your heart a little bit more than the others. And it may take some you know, time alone to figure that out. You may have to spend some time thinking with yourself, talking with yourself to kind of figure out what is that thing that I just can't seem to get away from? You know, what do you think about when you're all by yourself and no one else is around? Like, what is that? What are you thinking about? And when I really assessed myself, I was always thinking about helping companies grow. It was just like my thing. Like anytime you know, I I hear a friend could be talking to me about, you know, oh, I want to, you know, get my hair styling license. And my first thought is, yeah, then you need to open up your own hair salon. And then you can open up like five hair salons. And before you know, you can have your own product line. And my mind was, and they're looking at me like, I'm just getting my license. Like I'm not, but my mind was always going to growth, growth, growth. Mm-hmm. So then I learned that that's something that's part of my seed. It's, it's just natural for me to just think of businesses growing. So I made that my my strategy. But yeah, finding your niche is hard because there are so many voices, but it's already inside of you. So you just need to look, just have some quiet time with yourself, see what's speaking to you, and then you'll 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 figure out. But it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, no, it def it definitely is because you know, you, as humans, we struggle with so many different things, right? And so whether that be, you know, how our voice sounds or, you know, not believing in ourselves in one way or the other, right? There's there's always something that, that's going to come in the way. But like you said, there's always that, on the other side, that nagging, uh, for lack of a better term, of, of mm-hmm. feeling that pull, right, in a certain direction. Uh, I think, I, I've mentioned this on, on the podcast a, a number of times before, but uh, for me, even from a younger age, there was always this sort of, interest in helping people manage their their finances right there were people coming to me when I was 12 and 13 years old trying to borrow money it wasn't like I had a ton of money or anything like that but I was always um that guy you know for for lack of you know (laughs) for lack of a better uh term and it it was just uh it was interesting right But, but what my mind went to is I would love to help people do the same thing Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it, it, you don't always want to be the person that people come to and ask, you know, for for yeah. money and things like that. But you do want to be the person that they can come to ask questions about how they get better with their with their money. And so that just being a seed that that was planted in me from a from a young age before I even had any sort of reference point about what it was about or had any knowledge or anything like that. Uh, sort of seeing life come full circle like this. Um, because I was actually uh, I was actually pursuing law at first. I wasn't going this direction at all. So big change. It is. It is. It, you know, the, the craziest thing about it is that um, I act the company that I that I actually uh, was working at was <laughs> as I was at the as I was at the law firm, I got to this point to where I was like, OK, I need to switch things up. Right. This isn't doing it for me for whatever, you know, for whatever reason. And um, I, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I said, OK, I've, I've always loved numbers and working with money, things like that. So how can I do that? But I didn't even know where to start. Like I didn't know what to like, find other than banks. Right. I didn't really know any finance companies. And so I was going through our file folders at work 
And I actually just came across the name of the company. And I said, huh, I said, that sounds kind of familiar. And then I saw that they managed our retirement accounts. I said, okay. So I went and I applied to a number of different brokerage firms and things like that and eventually got hired on. And, you know, it was, um, it's been a heck of a journey. (laughs) But again, you know, it it all just sort of came full circle, right? So it's been an an interesting thing. And just to sort of see that that seed sort of start to sprout and bloom um, in this way, again, something I just never would have imagined for myself. It has been uh, very, very interesting. But um, one of the other things that I wanted to, to ask you just in terms of, you know, being a follower of Christ, um, why do you think it is that in the church we have such difficulty stretching the finance, the conversation about finances past tithe, right? Um, I know it's something that's ingrained in us from, you know, yay high, you know, especially, you know, if you were in a Baptist church or any Christian church for that, for that matter, it's just not something that's really touched on, you know what I mean? Is there any particular reason why you think that that might be? Yeah, I think that um, I think part of it is that I say that it's almost like we use God as a reason to cripple ourselves. So mm. it's like God will do it for me. That's powerful. God will do it. I don't need to worry about my finances. God will take care of it. I don't need a retirement account. You know, when I get old, God will. God is my provider. So we we cripple ourselves with God as the excuse. And that's not that's not the way God works, you know. Yeah, right. When Moses was at the Red Sea with the with the Israelites, the army of Egyptians behind them, he was crying. He was like, God, like, what are we gonna do? We're about to be killed. And God said to Moses, Why are you crying to me? What what's in your hand? And that's so powerful. What is in your hand? Like you are in a situation where you need a way out, you need a change. But what's in your hand? Don't come crying to me, asking me to help you. I've already placed something in your hand. Use what's in your hand. And for many of us, it could be a business that's in our hand. It could be, you know, our careers. There are things that God has placed in our hands that we can use to part our Red Sea and to cross over to the other side and to see victories in our lives. But we sit back and we cry, God help me, God do this. God is my provider. He's Jehovah Jireh. I don't need to worry about my future because God will take care of me. That's true, but you have to use wisdom. You have to use wisdom. We cannot use faith as an excuse for wisdom, for, for you know, not having wisdom. We need right. to talk. I mean, the whole book of Proverbs is all about wisdom, Ecclesiastics, wisdom. It teaches us how to invest. Ecclesiastics teaches us to have at least seven or eight different yeah. types of investments. Yep. Mm. And I'm like, it's right there in the Bible. God is telling you, invest your money. When the Bible talks about cast your bread upon the water and it will return to you, it's not just referring to giving. It's referring to business, business, establish a business. And that is you casting your bread on the water, create a product, have a product yourself, a service that you're offering. That's your bread you're casting on the water and you will see returns. The Bible talks about being diligent. Proverbs teaches us that. Be diligent in the work that you are doing and your diligence will eventually pay off. Those are tools that God has given us wisdom on how to build success financially. And so we have to get away from just using God as an excuse. I can eat whatever I want to eat. God will keep me healthy. 
you know, God will just, he'll take care of my body. We have to realize that we can't be lazy Christians. We have to do our part as well. And, you know, in terms of the eating, I know it's a little bit off topic, but I remember I was praying to God and I was saying, you know, God, keep me healthy in my old age. I don't want to have all these, you know, old age diseases. I'm like, that's sure, kind of sure. me out. I want to be healthy. And I think my plan was if I start praying from young, I'm good. I'm covered. God will, you know, answer. But one day the Lord spoke to me and he said, cut back on your sugar. And I was like, I have to do something like I thought <laughs> you were just going to keep me healthy, right. but no, God expects us to do our part. And I had to learn and I'm still learning to cut back on my sugar if I want to be healthy. So if I don't cut back on my sugar and I'm 60 and I need a hip replacement, whose fault is that? It's my own. So if you're ready to retire and your account is half empty, you don't have enough money. Whose fault is that? You right. didn't follow the seven to eight investments that, is it written in the Bible that you should have? We didn't follow these things. And so even, you know, for, for a lot of women in the church, a lot of women are, are told, you know, just the husband is the provider. I right. was taught this, that you don't have to work. Once you become a wife, you don't have to work. Your husband is his job. But then I'm studying Proverbs 31 and I'm like, hmm, God, I'm seeing a different picture here because the, um, the virtuous woman is a career woman. She's yeah. a business woman. Yeah. She's an investor. She has several different types of investments. So she's not a, a, a you know a woman that's just and there's nothing wrong with if a woman wants to be a stay-at-home wife. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm just saying that God didn't call us to just be stay-at-home wives. God called us to do business. He called us to have careers. He called us to do different things. And we can we need to teach women that you have that option. Like it's your choice. If you, you know, especially when you have children, you'll be a stay at home mom. I applaud women for doing that. I think that's amazing. No one should ever feel bad about doing that, but it's knowing that you have the option as well, that you can have a successful career. God, God can do it for you too, just like he can do it for guys. And we see it in scripture. We need to teach people how to stand up and do what God has called them to do and to not just be lazy and just, and when I say lazy, it's not that people are lazy overall. I talk about this in, in the book. I, I talk about lazy Christianity mm-hmm. and if, you know, you can have people that are hardworking, but there's, I call them lazy Christians because you're not doing what you have to do to get to where you need to be. You just want God to do it all for you. Right. I think that's really, that has crippled, the message of prosperity in the church, because we believe I just have to give, I confess, I believe, and I'm just waiting. And some way, somehow money's just going to show up for me. God has the money. It's there because, you know, God gives in the spirit realm, right? He, it's there. The moment you ask, he's like, yes, the promise right. of God are what? Yay. And amen. You ask Lord, I want, you know, to get out of debt. He's like, okay, here you go. It's given to you. Now, the next thing that's going to happen is you're going to find that you have an idea or something is going to come to your mind. Most people ignore that idea. And what they don't realize, that's God giving you your path to the end result that you are asking for. Because God operates in the spirit realm. We are in the natural and the spirit So if he's given you your wealth in the spirit to now convert it, right? You're going to convert the currency, 
You yeah. can't go to, you know, the store with heavenly dollars to convert that currency. We need our faith. Yes. But we need our action as well. There's something that you do. So now let's see you go and you start a business. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden you're seeing your business is prospering. Your business is doing well. And now you're making enough money that you can pay off all the debt that you were asking God to get you out of debt. Now right. you have the money. So the business is the, the stream, the channel that God used to answer your prayer. And so that's what we have to take. So many Christians have all these blessings that are just sitting in the spirit realm mm-hmm. and they have not yet converted it into the natural because they're not doing the natural things that you have to do in order to transfer your blessings from spirit to natural. Because God says, yes, you say, Lord, you know, I don't want to be poor. I want to be wealthy. What is, he's going to be like, no, you're going to stay poor. No, God is going to be like, yes, like I want you to be free from yeah. that bondage. I yeah. want you to have more. You know, and if God had to even show me that like you think you want a lot, like I want more for you than you want for yourself. Oh, yeah. And sometimes I was like, God, I can't. That's too much. My goals are already high and I need faith for that. If you start showing me what you have, God, that's, I, I can't, my right. faith is, yeah, yeah, hold off on that. Right. Um, but God wants more for us than we want for ourselves. But we have to just start taking those baby steps, doing the small things and mm-hmm. watching the little things grow. Just start saving. A lot of Christians are not even taught, like you would say, just basic things in church. In church. Teach people how to save. Teach yeah. people about their retirement. Teach people how to get out of debt. Teach us the truth about credit cards, things like that, so that we can have more Christians that are wealthy, because that's how we can have another impact on society. Yeah, for sure. Now, one of the things that I I tend to think about a lot and, and just find myself sitting up at night sometimes is how much could the church do? If more of us were financially stable, you know what I mean? How how many more people could we touch if we didn't have to constantly be in this state of how am I going to pay my bills? Right. If if the stress of that was lifted from our shoulders, who else could we help? Right. How what else could we focus on internally that might help to elevate us in, in one way or another, whether that be to, you know, take another step in, in a business aspiration or take another step in our, our careers, you know, if we're working in corporate America, you know, so that's, that's definitely something that I just sit up and I'm like, man, that, that would be something to see, right. If we could really have Christians begin to reach that area of financial freedom, you know, and that looks different for everybody else, right. It, for what financial freedom looks like for you might not necessarily look you know, like the same for me, you know exactly. what I mean? Yep. So it's, it's just interesting, right? People get bogged down on either, I think being poor or rich, you know what I mean? Or wealthy, right? When there's so much in between, you know, freedom is just, it's just that, right? It's freedom from having to worry about paycheck to paycheck. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and so some people are able to live with 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 way more, some people are able to live with way less, mm-hmm. right? And so I think it's so important just to like you said get into these these communities and to our churches and to have these types of conversations so that yeah. more people can reach these points and then more people can be touched, more people can be saved. You know, a lot of a lot of those kind of 
other conversations can we can start having if we can really get to this place where I believe God wants us to be a financial freedom, you know, whether whatever that might look like. Yeah. So I'm going to touch on one thing you said, and then I'm going to answer answer your question. Sure. So you mentioned that um, what financial freedom looks like for one is different for another. Yeah. And that's true. That's even scriptural. You know, when the Israelites, when they came out of bondage, when God gave them their promised land, the Lord actually said to them, he said, you know, when you have eaten and when you are full, when you are satisfied, he said, don't forget the Lord, your God, because this he that has given you the power and some translations say it is he that has given you the wisdom to build wealth. And so mm-hmm. the point of satisfaction is different from person to person. You have one person that if they were earning $100,000 a year, it would be like, whoa, like I have made it. I am like on cloud nine. I'm set for life. You could have another person use, you know, $100,000 a year for them. They're like, are you kidding me? Like, I can't do much with that. So each person's point of satisfaction is different. You're not chasing, I want to be a millionaire. You're looking for your point of satisfaction, whatever that means for you. And you will know what that is for you. Now, in terms of, you know, what what the church would look like if we were financially prosperous, (laughs) let me tell you, it is all up in this book because it is such a pain point of mine it is such a hot topic of mine and i go back to previous generations if we look at the world today right the fortune 100 companies the huge influences in the world there's not that many that are saved probably none in terms of you know running the large companies running countries and nations we don't see a lot of people that are truly like walking in the fear of god like i'm gonna run this nation by the bible we don't see that right now These people are in power because of money. It's money that brought them there. Yeah, It's all about money. You know, in one of the the jobs that I used to work, um, I used to do the accounting. We would give money to political candidates. And the reason why companies and organizations do that is because when that person is in power, you can now get your way. You can start pushing bills. Okay, sign this bill. Now, if I gave you $2 million for your campaign and I gave you a bill, aren't you going to sign it? You better believe you're signing it. I just gave you $2 million for your campaign. That's how the world works. Now, what what would have happened if two generations ago, three generations ago, our Christian ancestors, I guess, they were building these Fortune 100 companies. What if they had this knowledge that we're trying to bring to people now? What if they were building these businesses? What if the television networks in the world were owned by people who actually walked in the fear of God? Like society would be completely different. I took a course in college that was all about, and it wasn't a Christian course. It was all about how our culture is based on television. Television dictates and, and where the culture goes. Right. And so you can see how the American culture has completely deteriorated. It used to be Christian and it has just completely deteriorated away from God, away from the things of God, pushing any and everything that is anti-Christ, that is yeah. anti the way of God. But what happened, what would have happened if all these networks or majority of them were owned by believers? They would have been pushing Christian themes. And we would be seeing Christian teachings, you know, turn on your TV and your sitcoms and your movies are actually promoting 
godly things. So our entire culture would have been different if the Christians who came before us were actually putting these principles to work. Now, I don't mean any harm towards them. You know, I give them great honor, especially in the Black community, where a lot of them had to suffer a lot of um, injustice. and So they deserve great honor, double For honor sure. in heaven. For so sure. I'm not putting any blame on them. But we now, we who have come down that line, we have knowledge and opportunities that they didn't have. Yeah. And even in our honor of them, that's one of my driving forces. Like th- This is one of the ways I honor my parents because I want to be able to do the things they wish they could have done, but they, they mm. didn't get the chance to do it. My mother would have loved to have gone to college and gotten all of her degrees. She couldn't. She had no opportunity for that. So why would I sit around saying I'm not getting a college degree when I have the opportunity? So that's part of my driving force. Like I'm, I'm, I'm pushing and I'm building wealth because I have parents that I, I want to make sure that they are honored. I want to make sure that they have their mansion before they die and they go to heaven. And so I want to honor the past generation as well. But what would happen if if all of us began to push to build these successful businesses, began to really push ourselves for the wealth in the church would spill out of the church. It would influence our communities. We could build schools that are teaching children their math, their science, their English and the word of God. You know, we could have schools where children are coming in and learning about ministry and, you know, oh, you're called to be a pastor. You're learning how to be a pastor in school. You're called to be a a singer. You're going to learn at writing school. We're going to teach you how to be who God has called you to be, not just how to get out and go get a job, retire and die, become who God has called you to be. We can really influence society at a greater level level. And, you know, one of the things that I discussed in the book is the the, the categories, the areas where we influence, right? First, it's our lives. When you have more money, God wants your life to be better. He wants you to have a more comfortable life. He wants your family to have a more comfortable life. He wants you to send your children to college without debt, buy your house without a mortgage. He -hmm. wants you to live that comfortable life. You don't have to decide which bill am I going to pay this month because I don't have enough. You can live a comfortable life. You can be satisfied. Jesus said to his disciples, ask what you will, ask what you want, and God will give it to you. Why? So that your joy may be full. There is joy, and then there's fullness of joy. God wants us to have our joy full, and that comes when our needs, our desires are met. He said, ask whatever you want. He will mm-hmm. give it to you because you love me. The father will give you anything you ask for because so that your joy may be full. God wants you to be happy and satisfied with life. This doctrine of, of poverty is humility. That is a lie. Right. It's not true. Poverty is not humility. Okay. If you're poor and humble, it's because you've been humbled. Life has forced you to mm-hmm. be humble. It's not that you are humble at heart necessarily. Right. I'm just forcing that on you. You can be wealthy and humble too. It's a heart issue. Humility and pride is in the heart. It's not about how much money you have. Yeah. And so we have to get away from that. You know, poverty is humility. It's not. Okay. Poverty is poverty. Okay. It's two separate things. And so us, God wants us to be satisfied, to be happy. The second reason is for the kingdom that we can promote kingdom work, that we can build more churches that are actually doing the work of God, that we can you know, cover the cost of missionaries and evangelists traveling the world, winning souls and preaching. We can take care of them 
you know, while yeah. they're doing the work of God. There's actually a, um, a gift, a ministry office in the Bible that is called the ministry of helps. And what that literally means in the Greek is money, the ministry of money. And these are people that are called to become wealthy and fund the work of the kingdom. And I know that that's one of my ministries that God has called me to do, to build wealth and fund the work of the kingdom. So where, you know, it's not work. The work of the kingdom is not just churches. Right. Yeah. So many things, helping the poor, you know, charities and the orphans, the widows, the elderly, all these things, we can really impact the kingdom of God at a greater level. I always say to God, if, and when that time comes, when God is called my husband and I into ministry or overseeing a church, I want, you know, the people there to go to college and we're paying for their college. That's the level that I want to be. I want to have a grocery store attached to the church. Come get your groceries on us. Like we have to take care of the people. No one, you know, in the church should be struggling. I can't pay my bills. I can't send my children to school. I can't. No one should be at that place. We have to take care of each other. That's how the Bible laid it out. That's how the early church did it. Those who were rich gave to those who had less so that things were balanced. And that's how our churches have to run. So if we had wealth, the kingdom would be much more advanced. And the third area is really just our communities, the world around us. Mm -hmm. You know, we can do so much more within our communities and touching even the unsaved around us. Right. Wealth that God has given us things like charities again helping out charities or whatever it is that's close to your heart, you can do so much more to impact your community. Uh, You can influence people as well in different directions when you have wealth. So there's so much more the church could do if we just had more wealth. For sure. For sure. And it's, it's about, I I saw, I was watching a kind of a motivational video of last night that was about, um, I don't know if you've heard of Eric Thomas, he's a a motivational speaker, but um, he, he was talking about setting a standard. Right. And so for us as Christians, it's important to set a standard right financially with within our own community so that we can begin to do a lot of those things that you talked about. Right. I, one of the one of the things and I, I think God has called me to do a very for a very similar journey um, at some point in the future. Right. Being able to to fund, uh, you know, Christian backed events or, you know, whatever the case may be uh, was one of the images I had is when my when I was younger, I remember um, our our church. There was there was this bus that would go and would pick up the elderly or those who didn't have a car. It would pick them up, bring them to church on Wednesday, Sunday, you know, whatever when mm-hmm. we were having service. Bring them to the church. They'd have food after church. Take them home. You know, there was this whole sort of community feel, right? That that we had at the church and. As times move forward, that same van is just sitting at the church now, broken down. It's it's not being fixed. You know, there so there's a lot of things like that that are happening. I, I hear a lot of people who may not be in church anymore, that type of thing. They'll say, you know, I was tithing all those years. And the door handles on the church are exactly the same as they were when I was a kid. Right. So there, there there's that kind of thing that's going on that's distracting people and leading people away when if there were more people you know like you like yourself who were 
putting money back into the church from, from, you know, from a wealthy standpoint, it would be much easier for the church to help facilitate in these other areas that would be important, like teaching about finances and teaching about things other than poverty, right? Because that's one thing that you'll yeah. find a lot, a lot yeah. in our churches is this preaching on poverty, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And overcoming and, all, you know, all that kind of thing, which is, it has its place, right? I don't want to cast any aspersions on anybody, you know, that's that's preached a message like that in the past, but that's not the only thing, right? There's another side of this, that, that, satis- that satisfaction that you talk about coming with being able to pay your bills on time and being able to just live in a place where you don't have to worry, about yeah. money, right? That's that's really all it is, right? Just mm-hmm. living in that place where there's no worry about th- those type of situations, right? And I, and, I, and I do think that's important, right, for us to, you know, getting back to, to what I was saying at the beginning, which is setting a new standard, right? The, the older Christians may have set a certain standard, right? And, and, you know, what do I know? God may have been building like building that for us to just stand on their shoulders and to take this thing to another level, you know, and to take, to take this thing wherever it is that we're supposed to take it before, before Jesus comes back and, you know, takes us, you know, takes us into eternity. But, um, you know, and that's, it's hearing you talk again, it's, it's motivational um, because, it's it's encouraging to know that there are other people that are thinking along the same lines because sometimes you get to that point you start thinking man that's a big goal yeah you know what I mean I, I don't know how I'm gonna pull this off I don't know what this is gonna look like you know I, I try to, to do different different things you know here and there just to kind of hustle up uh you know and build my business up and, and things of that nature but it's like something of that magnitude, right? When I, when I'm falling asleep and I have these visions, you know, in my head, it's like, how is that possible? (laughs) And, you know, but I, but I think it's possible by conversations like this, by, by people like yourself, right? Us building this community of believers and followers of Christ that will continue to help build each other up, give each other recognition, you know, shed more light on our platforms, all that kind of stuff to keep, building whatever, you know, building that new standard for the Christian faith. And I, you know, again, I'm just so appreciative of having somebody, you know, from a, from a similar background, just coming on and saying a lot of the stuff that I may have, have said, you know, maybe on another episode, but you're saying it in a way that I think is going to capture uh, more people. So yeah, you know, this is, this is inspiration. It, it's encouraging. It, it's been, a, it's been well, a great you. conversation for sure. One <laughs> yeah, thing that you, <laughs> one thing that you touched on that I, I can't, I, I can't let go. <laughs> I can't end the episode without touching on is um, you, you mentioned your husband, right? So a mm-hmm. support system is so important, you know what I mean? To building these, you know, building these platforms, whatever your platform is, or whatever, you know, whoever might be listening to this, whatever their platform is going to be, um, a support system is so vital to building that out. Yeah. So how how has he been um, a help in, in sort of this journey that you've been on? So my husband has been huge. So um, before we had, so we have two children, we have a five-year-old and a three-year-old. But before we got to that point, 
um, I would work a lot. I just, I love to work. I'm the person that's like, I'm not leaving the office until the job is done. I've had mm -hmm. managers that were like, go home. Go home. Right now. <laughs> like I need to answer every email. I need to get stuff done. And he was just so good about supporting my career. He was never upset if I was working late many times, you know, in really hectic seasons, you know, in the accounting world, you know, closing the books at the end of the year, it's like 12, it's, it's insane. There are times I would be walking home, walking into the house after 10, after 11 at night. And he was just on the couch asleep, waiting for me to get home. So he was just very supportive. Now with two children, oh Lord, help me. <laughs> a whole different ball game. So I was, you know, working full time, getting my master's degree, writing this book. And I had, at the time, my son was a toddler, my daughter was a baby. And so that's almost impossible to get all of that done. But my husband, just a huge support. He takes the children a lot. You know, sometimes he'll say, you know, hey, he'll take care of bedtime. He'll take care of their meals. He'll just, he just steps in a lot. He's like, you need me to take them and take them out somewhere and get them out of the house. You can just have a few hours just to work. So having that help from him, it's just, it's been, it's been huge. But, you know, for people who may not have that, like you, you find a way you, you become your first support system mm -hmm. and you work within the means that you have. Honestly, there are times when you can't share your dreams with people around you because they yeah. will kill it. You can't, you know, if God has given you a million dollar idea, you can't share it with someone that has a hundred dollar mindset. You just can't. So like the Joseph issue, you know, you can't share your dreams with everyone. So sometimes, oh, yeah. You have to build your own support system and, you know, utilize times when you can do. I used, I used a lot of nights when everyone was asleep. I was up in the nights, you know, working on a business plan, working on not anything formal, just like what in the world am I doing with this business? I'm up in the nights. I gave up a lot of sleep to get things done um, where I couldn't do things during the day. So I would say, you know, you have to really be your, your primary support system. Not everyone. For sure. Will have some people are going to have to do this with no one supporting you. Yeah. Your own family are going to tell you you're crazy, you're out of your mind. What are you thinking? And you yeah. have to just go prove them wrong. And so you have to be your own support system and push yourself. And one other thing I wanted to say to to those listening is that you can't be afraid of failure. You can't be afraid to make mistakes. Like you were discussing, how you know you have these use this big dreams and visions. It's like, how is that going to happen? I often say that's your seed speaking to you. Mm. You know, a three-year-old child is playing doctor all the time. That's their seed saying, I like this medical world. I, that, that child is showing their parents, I'm here to be a doctor. Right. And, you know, so your seed is showing you your destiny, your purpose, but it's not giving you all the steps along the way. Yeah. So we have to take it back and we have to set smaller goals and we take it step by step. And we should never be afraid of failure because, you know, failure, it happens. OK, it happens. And what it is, it's not truly failure. It's just a learning opportunity. You go back and you say, what did I do wrong? What could I have done better? It really is. There's no such thing as failure. You just see it as an opportunity to learn, reassess and then go back out there and do it better than you did before. And if you fail again, you do the same thing. Reassess what you did wrong, what you could have done better. Go back out there and give it another try. If you are diligent, that is a promise of God. If you are diligent, you will succeed in the end. So we have to hold on to that promise. Yeah, that was great. Oh, yeah, that, that, that was great. Um, one thing before I got to know where we've, we've 
been on here for a little while, so I don't want to keep you up too late because I know you're on the East Coast time. So I know it's it's much later <laughs> for you than it is me. But I, I always like to kind of end this thing on something a little lighter. Right. So I know you said you were from the Caribbean. Right. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the, the, the foods and things like that that you mm-hmm. that you miss that you maybe not to get to experience, you know, so often being here in the States? Hmm. I think I miss the like authentic juices, like the like growing up, you know, juices, you know, you go to someone's tree and you pick a fruit and you make your own drinks. Um, but here you have to go to the grocery store and buy it in a plastic bottle. Oh, yeah. It's just not the same, you know, so I do miss that, like authentic, those authentic, like passion fruit juice and grapefruit juice, like that real authentic flavor. Um, yeah, I think that that's probably the big thing for me. That, that's that's interesting. Now, I don't, I'm trying to think. I don't think I've been to to the Caribbean. I don't think so. Uh, yeah, that's, that's definitely something I want to do is is visit down there. Do you have any like travel tips or the, when things probably calm down? I'm I'm sure I'll be yeah. taking a, a few trips and things like that. So, do you have any suggestions or, or tourist tips? <laughs> well, I'm from Dominica. Okay, um, and so it's it's a very natural. It's great for hikers or people who just love nature because the island, you know, the philosophy is we we take care of uh, the nature, so we don't destroy our mountains to build skyscrapers. Yeah, we live we we find a way to live in the nature that's already established. So it is an not is an, an underdeveloped island. It's it's not very well developed and that was done intentionally to preserve nature. So it definitely is a really beautiful place. Um and the food is amazing. Oh my God. I guess I miss the food too, not just the drinks, but the like my mom still cooks, you know, like every Sunday we'll go to my mom and she, you know, she cooks for us all of the those dishes that we love but it just isn't the same as mm-hmm. when it's there because you're getting the fresh right ingredients, like right off the tree you know the fresh ingredients but yeah um if you go to the caribbean you have to just dive into the food okay there. the foods in the caribbean are just so amazing so flavorful you got to dive into it okay yeah. See, I'm, once once I get there, I, I'm, I'm sure I'll be reaching out to try and get some uh, <laughs> some tips and things like yeah. that. But 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 again, Janelle, I, I you know I want to say thank you truly for for coming on for reaching out uh, because you know this has been an inspiration for me. Uh, it's been encouraging uh, because again, just having somebody that's further along in the journey than I am currently is, is just great to see. So, you know, I haven't, I haven't had the opportunity to interact with anybody that's operating in a similar space yet. So, so again, I'm very appreciative. I want to say thank you times, you know, a million, you know, for coming on and taking the, taking this time out of your day, especially this time of night. So, so thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here. I love the conversation. I, I wish you all the best. You'll definitely be in my prayers. And we should we should stay in touch. We should for do this sure. again. I'm for definitely sure. up for doing this again. I had a lot of fun here. So for sure. Yeah. Once once I get once I get better at this thing and have some better cameras and you know, things <laughs> like that, you know, I'm definitely gonna, you know, reach out again and we're gonna have to have part two, uh part two of the conversation. You tell me how you how your book did and things like that. But but speaking of the book, uh could you you know, take a brief second here to tell people where they can find you, talk a little bit more about your book, you know, where they can find the book and things like that. Yeah, sure. So the book, um, you go to my website, it's JanelleChampion.com. So that's J-E-A-N-E-L Champion. 
Amazon.com. And right on that first page, there is a link to where you can go and purchase the book. Um, I'm I, uh, the one selling the book, so I'm controlling the distribution. Mm-hmm. Uh, another business tactic that I like. Um, a lot of people throw it on Amazon, which is a great tool. Sure. But when you control the distribution, it's a better revenue stream. So for those out there who want to write a book, if you can handle it, think about that as well. Um, but that's a side note. Anyhow, um, the book really, the purpose of the book, it is to dismantle the mindset in the church that you just sit around waiting for wealth and you're just going to prosper because you're a child of God. And it is teaching people how to have the right mindset. It is really about mental transformation, learning truths that are going to cause you to take the steps you need to take in order to see the results that you want to see. And the very first chapter in the book is mindsets, because if Mm. you can't get past your thinking, nothing is going to work for you. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, Proverbs yep. 23, 7. And so right as we open up the book, that is like the very, very first thing. If I can find chapter one, there we go. <laughs> I'm not sure that <laughs> show. Yeah, 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 I can see it, yeah. There we go. Mindset, right? Yeah. That's the first thing. And you have to really, we as believers, we have to invest in our minds and in our thinking. Because as much as you want to be wealthy, as much as you want to advance in life, if your mind says you're poor, you will always be poor. Yeah. As much as you want to succeed, if your mind says you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not qualified, you will never get past your mind. So you have to work on the mind. So that's the first thing in there. And there is a workbook as well that goes along with the book. And there are exercises for each chapter. So the first chapter, we have mindset exercises in the workbook. And you're going to dig, people are going to dig through their mindsets to see what are the strongholds in my mind that are going to stop me from prospering. And we're going to tackle them. You're going to tackle them one by one in the workbook to break them so that you can move on and actually truly see results. It's not just about reading another book. It's about seeing results in your life. And then we move on throughout the book dealing with different themes, restoration. So many of us need restoration because we took years to start what we should have started before. You know, we I took years to start my business. So we need to understand God's plan for restoration. So I dive into that in the book. We deal with, you know, the um, we deal with poverty. We deal with um, even things like fear. One of the biggest thing, the biggest thing that holds people back. There's a whole chapter on fear to help people really overcome fear. And then there's financial strategies. We talk about investing and, and those sort of things, um, entrepreneurship, all of those things. But really at the end of reading this book, that the person who read this book would, at the end of this, they would be able to now see, oh, this is what God has called me to do in order for me to build wealth. These are the things I need to do to go forward and build wealth. They would leave this book with a whole new mindset around their money. They're going to understand God's mindset. They're going to have a whole new men- mental frame around money, and they're going to be able to go forward and actually do things and actually see results. So that's really what the book is about amazing that is that is amazing so again that that website was janelle champion 
dot com, right? Uh-huh. Now I'm gonna make sure I include a link, uh, a link in the podcast description, so they can so they can just click on that and go directly okay. to it. But hopefully that that if we send a few more people your way. I know I'm gonna be I'm gonna be getting my book immediately and, and reading <laughs> through that, and I'm sure I'll be touching bases with you on uh, just some of the the thoughts that I have as I as I read along. So I you know <laughs> I hope I'm not bothering you too much. Oh no no no, reach out. <laughs> For sure, for sure. Well, Jadel, I, again, I want to say thank you. Um, I want to go ahead and, and, and let you, you know, <laughs> get back to your regular day life there so you can maybe go to sleep or, you know, whatever it is that you've got to do next. So, uh, again, like I said, thank you. Time's a million. And I look forward to, to speaking with you sometime soon in the future. Me too. Thank you so much again. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Bye. All right, guys, I hope you all enjoyed the episode with Janelle. Please be sure to follow her at Janelle Champion on Instagram, www.janellechampion.com. That is her website, so be be sure to, to go check her out. Go purchase her book, Path to Prosperity. Um, again, this episode was super inspirational for me, man. So, so just speaking with her, let me know. I, I've got a, I've got a ways to go so I, so I can get to where I want to get to and do some of the things that I ultimately want to do. But this definitely let me know that everything that I want to do, I can do, but it's going to take some more prayer. It's going to take some more effort. It's going to take some more intention in order to make that 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 dream and that vision a reality, man. So, again, super inspirational for me. I hope it was the same for you guys. I know this episode was a little longer than our, our normal episode length, uh, Paul. So I, <laughs> I am going to go ahead and let you guys go, man. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Uh, enjoy your snow. Uh, well, that's for us here in Texas. But everybody else, be safe out there. Be careful. Be intentional. Stay prayed up. In Jesus' name, peace.